0: John 12, 1 to 19. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. and The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Jesus Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold at the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should have saved this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing him. The next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize these things had been written about him and that these things had, to, had been done to him.
1: Ah, uh, good afternoon, or good morning oh, good morning. yeah, good morning. yeah. um so uh, so uh, so we just heard uh, the passage, what we are going to look into, and the kids um, uh, what is this? Goodness me. Parents, which school do you send them? Okay, this is a branch, okay? so, Uh, So kids, uh, you might have some pens and pencils, some paper kind of things, you know, so lots of activities are going on. Joel is already, I mean, the junior version is doing some, uh, you know, so some drawing already there. So as we go along, you know, so, um, you know, so you can do lots of activities at the same time. There is opportunity to look at where Jesus is um, and how Jesus is uh, moving and what is he doing and where his attention is. Um, so lots of things we can look into, you know. So kids, uh, parents, you can also draw, you know. If you want to draw, you know. So I'm not going to stop you. Uh, so I know that some of them are feel a little bit grumpy. Why just children? Why can't I grow uh, draw? Please go for it, you know. So so all my encouragement is be focused where Jesus is, you know. So pay attention what Jesus is trying to do, you know. So there are lots of things will be going on. Even this morning, you know, so, and Dan was uh, praying, you know, so he said, lots of things happening out there. It's chaotic, you know, but it's really important to look at Jesus. Where is he at in the midst of this chaos? What is he doing? What is he talking to us this morning? And where is he moving? Where is he stopping? That is the greatest safest, secure place you can be in this morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So this morning, just don't, don't just uh, focus on what is going on there, but let's focus on Jesus. Last week, we heard um, very dramatic, um, one of the amazing miracles Jesus ever uh, performed or done in his life, uh, raising someone from the dead. Who, who was that, children? Do you remember that person's name. Oh, please shout. Please shout. You don't want Lazarus, you know, so uh, exactly like that, you know. So uh, Jesus, you know, so went to the tomb and he said, excuse me, Lazarus, do you mind coming out? Did he say that? Um, I'm not getting much response this morning. Did he say that? Or did he, was he like an English polite gentleman? Would you please consider you know, just getting up, shaking, and walking out and say, good morning to me. No, you didn't say that one. What do you say? Lazarus, come out. Yes, he came out, you know. So I don't know how he came out, you know. So it's just like a teleported or just landed there? I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to the details. Uh, if you have too many questions, you know, you can ask your parents, you know, they will deal with that one. Okay. So he came out. It was a dramatic, breathtaking unthinkable, unimaginable miracle people never seen in their life. There is a dead man. He's alive. He's no more Lazarus. He's Lazarus the ex-dead. You know, Lazarus the ex-dead, you know, so that's the Lazarus. But what was the response? Some people decided to Follow Jesus. Some people, this is, oh, if a, if a man can raise Jesus from the dead, he's definitely, he's someone from God Or he could be God. But there are other response from, there are some uh, other, other people. What was their sister's name? Do you remember their sister's name? Mary. hey, Mary and Martha. But Jesus talked to them a little bit more personally, because Mary and Martha was a little bit uh, worried about lots of things, you know, so um, then he said uh, to, to Mary and Martha, especially to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life, you know, so they are hearing something beyond someone rising from the dead, you know, it's just not a miracle. Jesus is moving beyond something. They are hearing something I'm Lord over everything. I'm the resurrection. I'm the life, you know. People think death is the end of this life for Christians, for followers. No, that is from one door to another door. Being here, lots of things going on, war, persecution, suffering, sickness. Lots of things are happening for this world. Without Jesus, that is the end. But for us, we have a greater hope. Here we are with Jesus. There we will we will be with Jesus. What a glorious, exciting promise Jesus has given to us. I will who will follow me will never die. They will have eternal life. They will live for me ever here and there. They will be with me here and there. So here they are they heard something amazing. But there are lots of people called the Pharisees and religious leaders. They didn't say that. Thumbs up, Jesus. We want to follow you. Did they say that? They said, boo to Jesus. You know, kill him. You know, get rid of him. And uh, we want to, you know, just to finish him. Because what is happening, more and more and more people decided to follow Jesus. Oh, that is a big trouble. There is something shaking here. That is the context. So they decided to kill Jesus, and they decided to get rid of someone else also in their plan. Do you know who is that? That's Lazarus, because Lazarus is quite a dangerous person now. Because whenever I see someone shaking, I'm Lazarus, what did he say? I'm the ex-dead man. You know, so suddenly they're hearing that. Oh, this is a news. Who is who raised it from the dead? Jesus. Jesus. So suddenly the imprint or the work of God in, in Lazarus' life, is this, the news is going out and lots of people want to kill Jesus and Lazarus. And it's an exciting time. No, it's quite scary time. Okay. When we read this passage, we can see that one. The first verse say, for, say that six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, where Jesus had raised from the dead. So that means six days. After six days, what is going to happen? He is going to be crucified. He is going to be, you know, so he's going to be killed on the cross. He is going to be tortured. He is. is walking into a dangerous situation so if you look at uh, the world you know people tend to running away from the danger if you look at r- ukraine you know, refugees are leaving children are leaving everybody's trying to run away from the respo- you know the, the danger and the war here jesus is a little bit different he raised lazarus from the dead in the village of bethany where is he walking into into a danger He's walking towards a danger, and we can see a bunch of guys also joining with him. So what is happening? Here's a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. What was the reason for that honor? I don't know. It could be multiple reasons. It could be a special meal provided by this family of Martha, Mary, and his friends, and and her friends, and everyone, and Lazarus, to say Thank you for raising my brother from the dead. Not only that, at that moment, you shared something amazing we never heard before. And now we know that you are the resurrection and the life. So in the midst of all this persecution and the kind of challenges, death threat, lots of things going outside. But in the midst of that, we want to open our home to honor you, Jesus. Easy to talk easy to hear. But doing that in practical, goodness me, it is really challenging. Everyone is looking for Jesus now. Everyone is looking for Lazarus now. In the midst, they are throwing a dinner party for Jesus. Again, Martha, you know, we know Martha, you know, so if your name is Martha, sorry, you know, so you always get uh, a bad press, you know, so this time, you know, so this is a little bit different, you know, Martha is serving, it's actually, do you know where they're meeting? They are not meeting at Mary and Martha's uh, house. If you, if you want to look at that one, if you look, read, you don't, don't read that one now, Matthew 26 or Mark 14, you can see that they were gathering at the house of Simon the leper. So if Simon hears he that word, he says, no, Simon the ex-leper. I was a leper. Jesus healed me. Now I'm no more Simon the leper. I'm Simon the ex-leper because Jesus healed me. You know. So I'm going to throw a party. So a, a, a group of people taking the rest to open their heart, their hand, their home to invite Jesus and having a great party there. Even though, uh, you know, so what's going on, Mary? Uh, So in verse 3, we will be looking at actually what is going to happen. So John 11, challenging situation. Things are very tense. So the first 11 chapters describe the whole ministry of our Lord Jesus from from John's perspective, covering a period of three years. But the second half, from now on, what is actually from, from chapter 12 to the end, it covers one week, jam-packed, very intense, and it's very tensed, very, you know, just scary place. So welcome to the dinner party. Sit back and relax when things are going really chaotic outside. Here is the clash between two worlds happening we will look into that one later stage so kids remember to draw some of this palm tree that will be coming you can draw a donkey or you can uh, you can draw a picture of uh, Jesus eating and uh, having some if you want to uh, you know watch whatever the picture you want to put in the plate you know so and focus on Jesus what where he is at Martha and Mary is throwing a party at at his house, you know. So verse 3, let's, let's, let's go to verse 12, verse 1, you know. So it's actually very interesting, you know. So uh, there is a therefore in the, ch- in the beginning, you know. So in the 11, there's lots of people trying to kill Jesus and trying to kill Lazarus. Therefore, Jesus went to Bethany. Thanks. Okay. I quite lo- love that, uh, you know, so Jesus walking into the danger. Shall we go to verse 3? Mary is doing something special here. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. Can we say it together? Expensive. Yeah. If 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 the Bible says expensive, that is pretty expensive, you know. It's not just like a deodorant type of thing. You know, so it's not just like a, something you buy here and there. You know, so here we will see that one. What expensive? That one is expensive thing. And she poured on in uh, uh, it on Jesus' feet. Okay, Mary. Okay, wiped his feet. Okay, with her hair. Oh no! You could have used a nice. Muslim cloth, or some blanket or some towel or something, and you are opening your hair. This is not 21st century South Yorkshire. This is back in the Middle East. A woman not allowed to show her hair in public in front of men. Again, she is not allowed to touch a man in a public context. And again, she could have poured on the head of Jesus. I think she might have done that one. Then she decided to pour that on Jesus' feet. You could have used a towel. She didn't use that one. She used her most precious, honored, you know, just uh, uh, the part of the body she used to wipe Jesus' feet. If you were there, I wish to see your facial expression. Or just imagine, you know, or just now, you know, what you would have been done that one. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Can you repeat after me? Filled with the fragrance of the perfume. It didn't just stay in one place. What she did broke out something, spilt out something, just troubled and filled the whole room, including Judas Iscariot. You know, he also smelled it. But (laughs) there was a little bit of interruption coming now. So, so what is that? So, so, so here is a, so here is a, uh, who is coming in? Um, uh, Judas coming in. So the fragrance filled the whole room. What is the worth of this fragrance? It's a, We will, we will come to that one later. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, was later betray him. Good title, you know. So for him, objected. It's like a courtroom. Objection! Objection! Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year wages. Oh, so now we know how precious this, this thing is. It's not from India or China or somewhere, you know, Tibet. It was travel at that time, and it's very expensive. It came to this family. I don't believe that it was just Mary's property. It was a family, something there held us precious, you know, so something really precious. I don't think, you know, it was not just Mary's idea to open it and uh, be the cool worshiper. Now, it might have been a family decision, but she might have given the, taken the responsibility to do that one because Lazarus is in that family. Martha is in that family, you know. I, I believe that it is a corporate decision to honor God. Mary was honoring Jesus through cooking, and uh, Lazarus was uh, reclining and serving him there, and Mary decided to open this uh, alabaster jar to pour and to show their love and adoration. This is not an individual done, but this is a corporate worship, and they are doing together, and it's expensive. So, if you calculate, you know, so for example, nearly, it might be 25 to 30 grand worth of Half a little knot. Some of them are thinking, oh, that's cool. Just 25,000, 30,000, you know. That is really, really expensive. That is why here somebody is not happy at all, you know. Once his response to the so response, you know, 365 days worth of like 25 grand, 25,000, you know, just the whole world decided to break in. So it's so a silence. At that time, Everyone is enjoying the fragrance. Everyone is part of that worship and adoration. Then suddenly, uh, I have something to say. So the silence didn't last. As they were contemplating this humble sacrifice of Mary, they were interrupted by the hypocritical self-interest of Judas, by the way, Judas spoke only two sentences in the whole Bible. Okay, you will know that now, which other one. That's verse four here. But Judas is Koreath, who will be identifying as he is always, one of his disciples who was intended to betray him. So he's trying to torture, to, to turn the things around, to interrupt and distract. In the Bible, in chapter 6, verse 70, he was mentioned as one of you is a devil. That's the title he has, he had in the Bible. Simon Iscariot, and uh, he's one of the one, the 12 is going to betray him. So these are the titles, you know. So he was interrupting the whole scene because of something really passionate going on in his heart. He's thinking about the poor. So for 300 denarii denarii, he three hundred dinari or denari, he would rob Jesus of the gift of Mary's love, and later. He would sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. This is the man so concerned about the poor. That's about a year wages of 30 pieces of silver is just four months. The perfume was worth three times to him what he was sold Jesus for. That is, that's what happening. What was Jesus' response? Thank God, I have a disciple who had the revelation about the poor. Father, thank you for these amazing disciples. What was Jesus' ever? Shut up. He didn't say that one. That's the Yorkshire version, sorry. Jesus stepped in. Jesus didn't say, shoo, shoo, excuse me, let her do that one. Jesus was very focused in his response to Judas. What was his response? Maybe his heart corresponded to the treasure that Jesus is. That's what's happening. But Jesus' heart contradicted the treasure that Jesus is. There is an adoration, there is a contradiction going on. There is worship going on and she gave everything. That family gave everything. Now, this man is just using the poor, the ministry, as a way of trying to get into the money box so that he can get something into his pocket. Mary gave everything. Judah sold everything. For Jesus, you know, sold 30 pieces of silver. That, is the, uh, that, that was the price Judas, uh, uh, you know, so look at Jesus. That's the worth he had for Jesus. It's very interesting, you know, 30 pieces of shil- uh, silver. When I was doing some uh, commentary and reading kind of things, you know. So, silver coins were supposed to use to maintain the temple. They're supposed to use to maintain the worship. And he sold the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who deserve all the glory and praise and adoration. He's experienced everything in front of him. And he decided to take that maintaining, supposed to maintain the worship, and he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of shil- silver. That's quite shocking. Jesus, meeting someone is sold out for Jesus. That's Mary and Martha and Lazarus, That the whole family. And versing with someone is willing to sell Jesus for anything so that he can be gained. Jesus responded, leave her alone. Leave her alone. There are multiple reasons. We will come to that one. Because you do not have always me with you. That's one of the points. Leave her alone. Why? I'm not going to be with you all the time. Judas, do you know who is standing in front of you? Judas, who do you know who called you into this ministry? You don't know. You don't know. Because your mind is obsessed Consumed by something, but you're still part of the team. But your heart is somewhere else. In John chapter 1 verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among you. We have seen His glory and the glory of the One and the only Son who came from Father full of grace and truth. is standing in front of you now in flesh. Mary saw that. Mary heard that. Mary experienced that. Mary touched that. Mary is living in that full of grace and truth. What is going to do? She's going to give everything to Jesus because he's worth it. For Judas... For you, Jesus is just 30 pieces of silver. The more you understand who Jesus is, the more you understand what he has done for you, the more your eyes are open who he is really. He's not just a historical figure. He's not a nice person in the scripture. He's not a religious leader. He is Jesus. He's the resurrection and the life. He saved you from eternal punishment. He rescued you, something no one ever could. The more you understand, you will sell everything for him. But when we are interrupted by other voices, we withhold, we keep some of the things precious to us and we don't break it. We give something, we give someone, we give some part and we take Jesus as, as like a, some sort of a charitable object. Jesus, I will come to the church in the church building in the morning. I will sing you 45 minutes, okay? In order to avoid a car crash, I will read a scripture in the morning, okay? In order to provide for my family, I will give you a little bit of money for here and there, and let's take a deal, and then we can have a good relationship, win-win. But when you know that He's everything, you will give everything to Him. Hallelujah. Your home, your time, your children, your money, you you give you, you give everything to Jesus. No one can force it, no one can manipulate it, no one can use your emotional, you know, kind of things to make it happen. You don't do out of guilt, you don't do out of shame, you don't do out of pressure, you do out of love. When you're hearing this message this morning, if it's guilt is going through your mind. Goodness me, this is the time you need to come to the feet of Jesus because he is not a guilty, conscious, screwing God. He is a God who wants to show his heart how much he loves you and he wants to welcome you to a place of safety and he wants to worship him. He wants to worship him from his heart, not out of fear of guilt. Otherwise, you will be like some other religions. People do things to get things Out of fear, not out of love. She gave everything. Let me move forward, move on. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords standing in front of you. That's why she corresponds with the (laughs) inexpressibly beautiful response to the Inexpressibly wonderful Jesus. She gave everything. Second thing, leave her alone. Another reason coming is like a, the poor is always with you. Jesus, you don't love the poor because you don't have, you don't have, you, you, don't, you don't love me. You love money. That is what you are going to sell me soon. That's Jesus know that. Matthew chapter 6 No one can serve new two masters, full stop. There's no other explanation. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and the love other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus said that. It's impossible. You cannot serve God and the poor. When you serve God, it will automatically spill out. You cannot just follow God and do something else for God. No, it is part of the same DNA, it comes from God. So that's why Judas is saying, Oh, there are things to be done there. Don't waste it. But Jesus was saying, When you pour everything on Jesus, it will automatically pour out for the poor, for the needy, for the marginalized. <laughs> Judas, don't think this is your idea. I am the Lord of the poor and the needy and the marginalized and the orphans and the widow. I am the defender. So don't try to do things, but come to the fountain. Start from there. And Jesus said, you will remember, she's, let her keep this one because she's doing for the day of my burial. You know, lots of things are there. My understanding, when I was thinking, I felt like uh, this is what I'm saying, like uh, she knows the depth of Jesus' love. She knows the depth of what Jesus is going to do. She wants to cherish it and she wants to celebrate it. And she knew it, you know, so the death of Jesus is not going to be a one of the things, you know, she wants to celebrate that death because he is the resurrection and the life. So she wants to be part of that celebration. So let her keep it. Let her keep it. So Jesus defending true love. We can see that one in multiple places, you know, when Jesus was, uh, when uh, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus in Luke chapter 7, you know, so there is another situation, they were sitting there and eating there. Do you remember another woman came and opened a similar thing? And she opened the alabaster jar and uh, who was really cross at that time? The, one of the Pharisees, I think Simon, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what was that, whose name was that. The Pharisee was really upset about this one, you know. So even the, even, the, even the other disciples were, oh, goodness me, Jesus, you don't know who is that. You know, Pharisee, if you know that, that lady is a prostitute. She's not a, an ugly one, you know. The problem when you invite Jesus to dinner, he won't come alone. Sorry, whether you like it or not. That is the danger of inviting Jesus to the dinner table. He always bring people on the fringe. In England, it's hard work because for wedding, exactly how many people are going to be on the dinner table, the name, everything is labeled. That's our culture. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. As long as you are inviting me. Okay. But in the Middle Eastern context here, whenever you bring Jesus, the poor will come with him. The marginalized will come with him. The orphans will come with him because there was only one to defend and love to express that one. That was Jesus, you know. So here, even though Jesus was invited, this lady also managed to come in and there was a scene. The Pharisees didn't like it. When Jesus said in Luke chapter 7, verse 47, um, uh, uh, by the way, you know, You know why she's responding to that one. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who, is, who, he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, "Your sins are forgiven." Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, "Who is this who even, you know, even can forgive sins and?" He said to the woman, your faith have been, has saved you. Go in peace. That's an interruption from someone who was defended by Jesus when somebody is willing to pour their heart. Jesus will defend you. He will stand for you. You might lose job. You might be mocked. You might be called as Jesus freak, or you might be called as religious, some sort of object. But Jesus will rejoice your love for him. That's Jesus, because you gave everything for the most precious person in the, holy, in the, in the universe, that is Jesus. And Paul said in this way, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, Whatever I had, whatever gain I had, I counted loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord, knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He put Jesus on one, one scale, whatever you put on the other side, nothing, nothing will match. The only place will match. I'm giving my whole heart for him, selling myself to Jesus. Pouring my oil to Jesus. That is the way I want to pour out my heart. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuse in order that I might gain Christ. I might know him better. That's his prayer also. Your eyes might be opened. Your eyes might be to see, you know, so to know him better. That was his prayer, ongoing prayer. Open the eye. But you will be constantly interrupted by lots of things in your workplace, in your marriage, and in your choices and money and all kinds of things, you know. There is going to be always a Judas voice there. But if you really love Jesus, you know, He will defend you. The Spirit will enable you to overcome the sin, not because of your self-control, but because of the power of God working in your life. What a glorious victory we have in Jesus. The more you're trying to do things by your strength, you will be crushed and broken. But the more, if you live according to the Spirit, you will live. I love another passage, you know, let me move forward, you know. So in John chapter 6, you know, so many people decided to leave Jesus. Jesus asked his disciples, do you want to uh, leave him? You know, so Jesus asked the 12, do you want to leave me too? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would go? You have the word of eternal life, eternal life. We believe and know that you are the holy one of God. In Matthew 18, some other places, you know, Jesus said, there's not flesh or blood, but the Father revealed this amazing truth in your heart. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This morning, this is my prayer. As you are hearing this word, I am praying the Holy Spirit to come and open your eyes to see the worth of Jesus, who he is. David decided to bring the Ark of the Covenant back in uh, 2 Samuel chapter verse uh, uh, six, twelve, we say, so this is the scene, you know, so the, you know, the, the, I'm not going to the background, the Ark of the Covenant was uh, captured, now on the way there is something, lots of chaos happened, that now that the, the Ark is in the Obed-Edom's house is happening, so he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, to back to his uh, hometown, so that is what, that's the scene, okay, now King David told, uh, was told, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, everything he has, because of the Ark of the God, So David went to bring up the ark of the God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Wearing a linen ephod, uh, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Can you say with me? Dancing before the Lord. With all his might, you know. He's the king. Excuse me, have some dignity, man. Hold your throne, you know. You are a king. You're supposed to say, come on. Yeah. A bit more. Okay. The base. Okay. But he is the king. He's mad. With all his might while he and all Israels were bringing up the ark of the Lord, shout and the shout of the trumpet. Oh my word, this is a a feast, you know, for David, not for everyone. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, is it Michael or Meikle? You know, I always confuse. What is the daughter of Saul? Is it Michael? Can I say Michael or Michael? You know, so you can... You, you, you deal with that one, okay? Michael, our uh, daughter of the soul, watched from the window. I don't know whether it's a binocular or just visibly, she saw that one, you know. So, and then he saw oh, King David leaping and dancing before the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets embarrassing what an idiot my husband is an idiot he might have looked at his servant sorry about guy you know so just keep up you know he's still supplying some of the things for us be cool and The ark of the Lord was entering the city of God. Michael, you know, so okay, I read that one. They brought the ark of the Lord and set in a place inside the tent and the David was pitched for it. And the David sacrificed burnt offering and fellowship and offering before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offering and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisin to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael said, well done. No, he shouldn't say that. Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel was distinguished himself today going around half naked in full view of slave girls and his servants as any vulgar to vulgar you might say i don't say that i don't say that we might say i'm not like that person david said to michael beautiful It was the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his father when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. What a scene. What a man. Not just being dragged by the Judah spirit in Michael. I don't know, it might have existed at that time, you know. That was her response. I will, I will lift the name of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, reminding us, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so eagerly entangles. Let us run with the perseverance, the, the race mark before us. What kind of jar are we holding now, seeing this is more precious than Jesus? Time, money, children, house, education, Jesus plus something, or Jesus is everything? It's a great, challenging question to ask. Later, the crowd gathered and the children. Children, you can come and get some leaves, you know. So, I'm going to finish now, you know. So, children, there are palm leaves there, you know, just to come. And there's going to be a donkey and there's going to be Jesus, you know. So, and uh, yeah, so just to come, come, come and gather some of the palm trees. And, uh, you know, so there's going to be a, a donkey moving through here and Jesus will be here. And we're going to finish now, you know. So, there's a great crowd, you know, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of suffering. Uh, In the midst of all kind of things going on, children came out. Lots of people, they didn't care about what Pharisees say, what the Sadducees say. They decided to sing hallelujah and hosanna to Jesus. Can you see? The king is coming. Everyone is looking for a horse. Everyone is looking for a horse. Oh my word, Jesus, bad choice. Donkey, even you don't know a donkey, the difference between a donkey and a horse. You are a king. You're supposed to be on a horse. But here is the reverse of the kingdom. Here, Judas is, you know, exalting the money business. Here, Jesus is coming in humility to conquer us, to bring the kingdom of God back. And he was celebrated by the weakest the lowest of the community that is the children they came with the palm leaves and they shouted jesus hosanna can i hear a hosanna from children please hosanna Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna. they sing hosanna hosanna they sing hosanna to jesus okay thank you and you will get some hot cross bun on that corner all the dietary requirements will be supervised by your own parents, please. I'm not responsible for that. It contains nuts and milk, okay? Okay. What's our response? Are we imagining Jesus as something super special, but he came on the donkey? Time to tune back to Jesus now. What is he speaking to us today? Which bottle do I need to break? Is it out of love? Or out of pressure? Or is it because someone opened it? Or does Jesus tell you, leave them alone? Because what they have done may not be appropriate for you culturally. If someone dance in a special way, do you feel, oh my word, calm down. Let people worship and express their love for Jesus whichever way they want to pour it. We don't want to interrupt that. Jesus will defend we are part of a cultural, you know, mixing, growing, ongoing culture, you know. There are cultural expression. There are dress codes. You know, there are way of worshiping. Some people will shout hallelujah. Some people will lift their hands and be quiet and enjoy God. What matters? The pouring of the oil from the heart. That's between that person and Jesus. I don't want to be rebuked by Jesus all the time. Because the more I focus on the things, I will miss him. So this morning, let's look to him. He worth everything. Let's stand and worship.